So thank you for tuning into the cute chat. Today, my special guest is Mr. Anthony Hall. Anthony is an inspirational artist and he has a very unique style. His style is an infusion of both modern and classic R&B, funk, and soul. He is from my native hometown of New Orleans and we're gonna have a wonderful conversation. Anthony dropped some beautiful gems just to inspire and motivate people to overcome their circumstances and follow their dreams. Thank you guys for joining another episode of the Q Chat. Today I have another NOLA native. His name is Anthony Hall. He's a singer, producer, and songwriter. And we're just going to chop it up and talk about his different musical styles and what he has on the horizon. I'm very excited to talk with them. So how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. So like I said, we're both from the same hometown. So I love sure. talking to musicians. I just wanted to dive in. I read a lot about your musical history. So I'll let you go ahead and just describe. I know you grew up in a musical family. Your mm-hmm. father is a locally renowned jazz musician. So just mm-hmm. tell me about your upbringing first off and how it was to have those deep musical influences. Yeah, you know, it was very unique. I grew up literally like a child on the side of the stage watching my dad play for all of these great people. Um, like you said, he plays, he's a jazz musician, he plays sax, but he's been playing with like Irma Thomas and all these people since he, since I was a kid, since before I was born. And so um, I just remember my, my fondest mem- memories of me and my dad when I was growing up is watching him play on the stage, going to Jazz Fest every year, standing you know, on the stage, meeting all these great people. And so, of course, naturally, I, I kind of gravitated toward wanting to do music. You know, I grew up in the studios. Um, I grew up, you know, uh, just watching, um, you know, cr- creativity, you know, and so it really sparked something in me and, and I had a gift to do it. And so as soon as I was able to, I, I told my dad I wanted to get some equipment and be a songwriter and producer initially you know, um, and then it kind of gravitated into singing once people, you know, started hearing my demos and stuff like that. It was like, oh, you should be an artist, you know, and so um, it kind of grew into that from there. Wow, so you didn't initially want to sing? No, not, I didn't initially want to be a singer per se, you know, I I wanted to just be like behind the scenes in the studio, producing, writing, things like that. Um, Of course, that includes singing, you know, singing background on things, demoing records, Um, but it kind of got into me, you know, wanting to be an actual artist once um, people started encouraging me that I was good enough to do it. I didn't think vocally that I was there initially to be necessarily a singer, but I knew I was super creative. And so I just wanted to be a part of the process. And, um, you know, kind of everybody started like, like, man, who who's singing, but who's singing that? I'm like, oh, that's me. And it's like, you should be a singer. I'm like, okay, cool. So I guess I do it, you know? Um, and I've been doing it for a while, you know, um, kind of behind the scenes, you know, you know, sometimes what you pray for comes to pass because I've been locked behind the scenes for years, you know, um, trying to get a record out, trying to do things. Uh, and that never worked out up until recently, but um, fortunately I've had the, you know, the chance to, to write and, and be a part of some, some great, you know, you know, music coming up. And, and now it's my turn, I guess, to be an artist and to put out my music the way that I wanted to. 
Okay, so I know looking through your information is described that you have a unique sound with infusions of both modern and classic R&B, funk, and soul. So can you describe your music style? Because I know you said it's different. Yeah, it is. You know, um, I think in gospel, when you hear like somebody is a gospel artist or inspirational artist, you automatically assume kind of what that sounds like, you know. And a lot of times, even if the artist is saying, you know, hey, I'm a gospel artist, but, you know, I do like urban gospel, then you expect it to be gospel that kind of bites off of like the urban side. Um, what's make, what makes my sound unique is that we didn't try to make like an urban gospel or a funk gospel album. We tried to make a funk album and just so happened to write gospel lyrics to it, you know? And that's a lot, um, a lot of times in gospel, you don't hear or see that. You usually see like references back to the eras of time of music that someone's trying to uh, relate to. But this record is a, literally um, a mashup of funk, soul, um, you know, uh, New Jack Swing and classic R&B, you know? Um, and we did it from the perspective of, we're gonna make a record that's not gospel, you know, um, but our lyric content, of course, is inspirational um, in gospel. And I think it worked, you know, um, whenever you sometimes doing something different doesn't mean you do something completely different. Sometimes you, it's, you just be intentional on what you're doing and you create your own kind of wave and your own kind of sound. And so that's what we did on the record. The record is called Roosevelt, the first record I'm putting out. And so um, it's based off of my grandfather. My grandfather was a guitar player. He used to just write songs, but his favorite artist was James Brown. And, and so I wanted to pay homage to that um, and do a record um, that has a lot of those strong kind of James Brown Prince influences. And that's what we did. Okay. So I know obviously you grew up in a musical family. You just mentioned your grandfather also was a musician. Outside of your family, who were some of your other musical influences, you know, inside the music? industry where there's some gospel influencers and, and I know obviously you seem like you have some influences that were outside of the gospel genre who are all your influences yeah of course um one of my first influences um in music I remember getting Deidre Hatton's Chainbreaker album and um I, I it just blew my mind I had never experienced you know music like that coming from gospel and it just gave me um sight to see that I could still be unique and do gospel music because I always had a desire to do gospel music it just was in me to do it you know um and then as I was growing up you know I, I, I grew up at Greater St. Stephen so of course PJ Morton um who just so happens to be a friend of mine is you know one of a big influence I remember seeing him you know before all of what you see that he does now, you know, playing in church every Sunday with us and seeing how great he was and that greater, you know, everybody, everybody can sing that greater, you know, so <laughs> it was one of those things. A lot of my influence comes from there. Um, Jay Moss is a big influence for me as well. I remember, um, you know, I have a unique voice and um, I remember hearing his voice and I was like, oh, that's like mine, you know, so it, it encouraged me that I do have a voice in this industry because I'm not going to stand up. Listen, I'm not going to stand up and sing the church down. That's not my vibe. You know, I'm not a solo singer, um, but I rely heavily on my production and my band and everything like that to make you know, um, my music great. And it kind of reminded me like Jay, Jay is not going to stand up and sing a solo, but he will smash a record you know in his own unique way and so um but then outside of course you know I because I was a producer Rodney Jerkins and Teddy Riley um were big influences of mine um and then um I grew up listening to James Brown and Prince and uh you know Dave Hollister and Earth Wind and Fire because of my dad you know and so I kind of 
mass made a gumbo of all of these influences that I've had, you know, and even ja uh, jazz artists like Boney James and, you know, people mm -hmm. like that, you know, they were big influences on my music as well. Those are, uh, that's a huge range, a good one too. So is there like a dream list of people that you would like to collaborate with in the future? Yes. Uh, <laughs> PJ, of course, that's my yeah. bro. I think we'll, we'll do that soon. Um, Gene Moore, um, I don't know if you, you guys have heard, Gene Moore is an amazing singer here in Houston. Um, mm -hmm. And he just so happens to be a brother of mine. It's crazy because now all these people that I would like listen to in totally would want to meet are now my friends you know yeah. and we work together and so um of course I want to do a collab with Jay Moss and you know he's one of like one of those bucket list artists I have a collab coming up with Jonathan Nelson um yeah. as well which is you know crazy that we're even that cool you know that I can call him up and say hey bro I need you on this record and he's like whatever you need I, I got it I got it you know um uh, Eric Dawkins you know um he's a big influence on my songwriting and a brother, I just did a concert with with him and Anton, the Dawkins and Dawkins group as well. And so um, I think we might have a collab coming up too. And so all of these dreams that I've had um, are starting to come true, you know, and it's just a testament to just keep on believing, you know, and things will happen for you. Right, right. So I know, obviously, your album is gospel genre. I know, like you said, that your influence is a little different. So, you know, you're coming out with the funk, you know, the sound, and you just happen, you know, obviously, to talk about God. So how big of a role has God played in your life, your career, and just bringing you to where you are right now? Um, it was a big role. You know, my mom was intentional about keeping us in the church, sometimes too hard on us about staying in the church, you know, like for a period, there was a period of time where she wouldn't even let us go to school dances or not. You know how important school dances was in New Orleans, you know, I couldn't go to St. Aug's home, or, you know, St. Aug's uh, talent show, you know, <laughs> she was like, no, you're not going out there, you know. And then she kind of lightened up. Um, but I appreciate that because uh, as we do know, there's a lot of people that we know that didn't make it you know, from the city. And so I tell my mom, yeah, you were hard on us and strict on us, but it could have been something different if you wasn't, you know? And, you know, of course, then when, when I moved out of my mom's house, you know, you go through that period of that you wild out, you know, because you have freedom now, you know, but I never forgot what she instilled into me, you know, and that was, you know, you love God and God is your everything and God provides for you. And the older I got, the more I started to lean on those words that my mom would give me, because the more I started to go through myself and see God work out things for me and, and him providing miracles and him, you know, healing and him doing all these things for us, you know. Um, and so it, it's been a huge influence. And, and, and that's the reason why I wanted to kind of stick to the inspirational gospel genre as just to pay homage to the things that he has done for us not that not that I don't love R&B and not that I won't eventually make some kind of record in that field or, or or like I don't love jazz or soul or anything like that I love I love listening to that music I listen to it all the time even hip-hop I love it um but for me personally you know I just feel you know uh, a burden to uplift the gospel genre with um a, a new original sound that I think um, that's been missing, you know, and I think there's a lot of great gospel artists, a lot of great people that are doing that and that are making groundbreaking music. And I just wanted to be one of those artists to kind of be one of the pillars to uplift that just a little bit higher. Mm. So I know, like, I've spoken to a lot of musicians and I always ask them the same question, just how music in general has changed slightly from, you know, when you and I grew up, there's a lot of songs now that are classics, you know, that we can throw on that came out in the 90s, 80s, 70s, mm -hmm. and beyond that. 
do you think that music in general has changed? Like, how has that influenced you? Because I've always asked different people that I've talked to, like from Eric Robeson, other musicians that I've interviewed. Mm-hmm. Just when you when you're putting a song together, just how does that process go? Because it seems like some of the current music all sounds the same. So is that always in the back of your mind, you know, when you're coming with your sound, like, hey, I want my music to stand out. I want it to, you know, have something that could be a classic in the future. Yeah, it does. Um, it, it's it's a huge impact, and a lot of people will say that it doesn't, but it really does. It, it affects how you create. Um, for me personally, you know, I think a lot of music are the same. Uh, a lot of music sounds the same because right now it's really like a popcorn kind of society, just not in music. And I think people get offended when when you say that about music. Um, but I think society in itself is in a popcorn phase where you can get anything you want instantly, easily. You know, you got Instagram, Snapchat, all these things happening. Social media is popping, you know, um, and it's the same thing in the studio. There are a lot of new tools, a lot of ways that people can just continue to pump out music where back in the day there was only one way you could do it you had to go to the studio you had to get all the musicians together and you had to do it you know and you had to have that skill level to do it for me when I said I want to make a classic album I went back to how I saw my dad make records and so I called my band we got everybody in the same studio at the same time we locked in for about a week and a half um, and we did 13 songs you know um, and, and it instantly gave us that classic feel, you know, um, because it was real. It was, it was, you know, it wasn't perfect. You know, um, we didn't do too many edits. We didn't use too many, like nowadays in music, got these things called plugins where you can throw a bunch of plugins on stuff, but that's what makes all music sound the same. You know, we, we use basic EQ compression and reverb through the whole record, you know, and, you know, when I first started playing the record for people, um, they 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 were like oh it's kind of you know are you gonna like you know move stuff around you know, I was like no I'm leaving it like this and then they realized that that was the magic of the records that you were missing was the imperfections you know and so we allowed that to come into um, our space and and I said that I won't do personally for my records because of the type of music that I want to do I, that's the only way I'm doing my records I'm getting everybody in the studio at the same time and we're gonna create and and you know make a record happen. Mm. So what have been some challenges you may have faced? I know you mentioned, you know, just like the, we live in this popcorn era and you're right, it goes beyond music. It's just everyone I think wants to look like the next person in order to get to the top as opposed to, you know, being different and owning being different and unique. So have you faced any challenges at all in your career? Yeah, you know, I faced a lot of challenges. You know, I was dropped from two labels before you know, I got here, you know, um, and, and because they, they, they didn't think that my music would sell, you know, mm-hmm. they would say things like, you need to change your voice. You need to do this. You need to do that. And, and I wouldn't, because I wasn't going to conform. And I knew that the sound and, and that what God had given me, there was going to be a place for it. So I just stayed consistent in making music. And so then one day I said, well, God, you know, I'm tired of allowing other people to dictate my future. And I was like, I need you to give me what I need so that I can dictate my own future. And so I met my business partner. And the first thing we did was we started our own label. And um, now it doesn't matter what anybody says. I can put out what I want because it's my label, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, and then we signed up a bunch of great artists who um, were independent, but needed major backing. You know, we run our label a little different than a lot of the other labels. You know, we offer high percentages on our records and things like that. We still give the artist the creative freedom to do what they want to do. And it's kind of unheard of. And we kind of get, you know, the, the side eye when it's like, you sure that's going to work? 
But, you know, for me, I wanted, to, I told God if, if he blessed me um, to be able to do what I want to do the way I wanted to do it, that I would bless somebody else and give them the opportunity to do the same thing, you know? And so um, I'm just operating on, you know, God's promises, you know? And so, yes, I, I was rejected a lot for my sound and for what I wanted to do only to find that six months later, they allowed someone else to do it because now it's the new thing, you know what I'm saying? And so, um, you know, I just kind of, I had a conversation this morning. It was like, you know, whenever I get those doubts and come to those hard times, um, I don't, I don't really need therapy and need to sit down with somebody for four hours. I go in my mind and say, stop it. Stop mm-hmm. thinking that way and push, you know? And after a while, you start telling yourself, stop it way less because you begin to believe that you can do what you said that you can do. Mm. So with everything that you've gone through and just, you know, staying true to yourself, what has inspired and motivated you to stay true to yourself? Because sometimes, you know, in the world that we live in, especially in the world of creatives, you know, there's always somebody on the side telling you to change or trying to encourage you to conform to what everyone else is doing. And some people aren't that strong. Some people, they, you know, they fall pressure to it, you know, just to fit in or just to get ahead. So what has inspired you? Because I think that, you know, for people, like you said, that want to stay true to themselves, it takes some motivation, you know? So what, at the end of the day, has kept you motivated to really stay true to yourself and to still become successful? Um, I think the thing that motivated me the most was that I believed it. And I think a lot of times when people set out to do something that they say that they want to do, they don't believe it for real. And that's how they get swayed, you know, because you really don't believe in the thing that you're pushing for. You know, for me, the motivation came from the fact that I would rather fall flat on my face doing what I believe than to be offered a a silver platter doing something that goes against what. I believed in or, or the vision that I have for myself, you know? So I think self, um, you know, self-motivation is the most important factor when you want to do something um, that seems out of the box. You know, you have to believe in yourself and believe in whatever it is that God has given you or whatever you believe in has given you um, to do. Um, and so, and then what, what kind of reinforces that is, is when um, I finally got to where I wanted to be, where people were paying attention to what I was doing, you know, the people at the top looked down and said, I haven't seen anyone um, that was as unique and bold in it as you have been in a long time. So stay that way. And so it's just a testament that, you know, I can tell everybody that, I did it in my way. It was hard. Um, it took a lot of years because I would not conform to it. Um, but that's what has been able to break open the doors. And sometimes your biggest hindrance will be your biggest key to unlock the thing that you're trying to get to. Mm-hmm. So on the platform, we talk about self-love a lot. I feel that self-love is the fuel to stand out, the fuel to follow your dreams, the fuel to also stand up for yourself. You know, it's like I said, we live in a world where right now everyone is the popcorn era. Everyone wants to put out something quick. They want to be social media famous. You know, sometimes people don't have the integrity behind their brand. Now, when they do have that integrity behind their brand, like, you know, you mentioned there's the, the naysayers in the background trying to knock you off, you know, what you're standing on, that what you truly believe in. So I truly believe that self-love is just the key component to stay true to yourself, to follow those dreams. What role has self-love played in your life? 
it played a big role in my life. You know, um, as cool as people think that I am now, you know, I, I go by this moniker. My eyes itching. Oh Lord, I go by this <laughs> moniker um, <laughs> um, as being the flyest guy in gospel because I have like this amazing style. Everybody thinks, you know, when I get dressed up to do my performances, it's just I'm very stylish. You know, that's what people say. But um, what I think what a lot of people don't understand is that growing up, I was bullied a mm. lot. You know, I was talked about, I was not the cool kid, you know, I was a nerd, you know, I was just a smart kid because I had something in my mind that I couldn't get out. I was always creative. So I was always creating. I had pencils. I would make noises with pencils just to make the beat that I was in my, that was in my head. I would talk to myself because nobody would understand like what I was trying to do or what I was trying to, to become. Um, and so I got bullied a lot. Um, and it wasn't until I got, um, in high school that I started to get kind of confidence in my gift because then, you know, people started to recognize that, that I had a gift or a talent, you know? And so through all of those years of me, you know, kind of being bullied and, and, and being talked about and things like that, I grew to love myself really hard because I didn't have any friends. It was just me, you know, <laughs> I would play by myself. My mom was like, boy, go outside and play with these kids. But I didn't like that. You know, I didn't want to go outside. I didn't want to, you know, um, associate with people, you know, too often. And, and I'm still kind of like that. Like if I buy something and I have to bring it back, it's not going back because I don't want to have to walk in and tell somebody that I'm bringing. Like, I don't want to have to be like, can you help me with this? I will walk in the store for an hour looking for something before I ask for help. You know, it's, that's, that's just the type of person that I am. Um, and so I had to have self-love, you know, and it played um, the most important role um, in my life because um, that's what kind of broke um, that curse that I had on me of, of, of thinking that I wasn't um, cool and that I wasn't enough. Now, you know, I went back to my high school and I, I still look the same. Everybody else is beat down and, you know, like all the cool dudes got on drugs and just was like crazy you know and so now I'm the cool kid everybody's like oh my god you're so dope you know and this kind of thing and so you know it goes back to saying like what you just believe in the person that you are you know and when the bible says that the first will be last and the last will be first it's true like mm -hmm. don't don't despise where you are right now because God has a funny way of changing and turning situations around to make it benefit you better. Right. I always refer to in the meek shall inherit the earth because that yes. is. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I'm the most humble guy that you will meet. You know, I, I don't talk a lot. You know, I don't really talk about what, what I do and what I have and my success. I really try to open the door for someone else. I would rather open the door for someone else to stand on a mountain and yell about my wins, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What advice do you have for, you know, a younger person who may tune in? And, and I'm happy you mentioned about being bullied because I think it's more common than people care to admit, you know, unfortunately, that's something that a lot of us have faced, you know, in our youth being bullied or just feeling like an outsider and just having that feeling sometimes it makes a break a person, you know, like sometimes a person, they pull from that, you know, and they rise above it and they use it as a fuel to follow that dream or to be, gain some confidence in their adulthood. But some people, they don't, you know, that they stay that same bullied person, even as they grow up, you know, and yeah. life intimidates them easy, more easier than, you know, the average person. So what advice would you have for someone who, you know, they, they, they feel different, but they have a dream, but they just don't have that confidence to move forward, what advice would you have to someone? And it could even be an older person yeah. that feels like, what advice would you have? 
Yeah, for me, um, I, what I learned was that my differences was my advantage. And so I think if you embrace the thing that makes you different and use it, um, you will see that you have an advantage over the people. People won't talk about you if they're not afraid that you will become better than them. What point does it make for me to worry myself about somebody who is not my competition or who, who I don't think would be something more than what they are, you know? And so um, I always say that, you know, I always believe that as a bullied youth um, that they saw in me what I didn't and they wanted to, you know, um, keep that part of me down. You know, they wanted to they wanted to 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 step on that so that I wouldn't become or realize um, how great I really was even back then. And so um, the thing that people think that you're, you have a different style and people are talking about you and talking about, you, you know, the clothes you wear or if you're not fortunate to be able to wear name brands and people talk about what you have, you know, um, you're going through your humble period early. Because everybody will go through a period in life where they have to be humbled and not have and not, you know, reach the top of their of the, of the limits and not have what everybody else have. And so I, I would say rejoice in the fact that right now you're going through that because you have something great in you and you should lean into it and turn what they're talking about you into a positive and turn it into your testimony to come out and to be great. Once I realized how cool I really was, I was the coolest kid in school by then. Because it, it, and, and it wasn't what they said, it was what I realized about myself, you know? And so I would tell anybody that's being bullied to wake up and realize something about yourself. Don't listen to what the people say, but believe something within you that you can hold on to and watch how fast you rise to the top. Wow. This has been a great conversation. So what's next on the horizon for you? I know obviously you have your album coming out, but what's next for you? Yeah, I have the album coming out in May. Um, it's called Roosevelt um, and it's finished. We're just, you know, it was, it was going to come out in January, but the COVID things, I couldn't get on the road and, you know, perform my, 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 my kind of like specialty is like performing. And so when you see the show live, it kind of makes sense, you know? And so um, I definitely wanted to perform the show in front of as many people as, as I could before the record came out. Um, and so we pushed it back to May so that we can have the opportunity to do that. Um, I just finished wrapping up production on a record from my label. We have a worship group called The Collective that we basically get different people from different genres. So from R&B and from pop and all these other genres, and we do a gospel record with them, you know? Um, and so that's, um, that we just wrapped production on that. So that'll be coming out really soon. It's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. Um, um, just wrapped up production on a song with um, my other co-owner. Her name is Dominique. She's a pop artist. Um, but we just did a song with Erica Banks. And so um, that I produced, so that's coming out. Um, and then we have some other great albums from Michael Dixon and Tatiana and all these great people that we have to our label coming out. And so um, there'll be a lot of things coming out on the music side. On the flip side, though, I, I do direct, you know, movies and videos. And so I'm working on a few doc documentaries um, about some great people. Um, that's going to be really amazing. And I'm an entrepreneur too. And so I own about seven businesses. And so we're looking to expand those and have some um, great things coming from um, our business side, you know, as well. And so we're just excited. It's going to be a really big year. I said this year that um, I wanted to make $10 million in gross. And what to mm. some people might sound like a big feat. I've seen $10 million 
happen in one transaction from one person mm-hmm. to another. And I just took it upon myself to believe that that transaction can happen for me. And right. um, I had a good friend of mine. Um, her name is Tiffany Montgomery. She's a big speaker um, out here. She was down here doing some work and I was telling her and she was like, hey, write it on your wall. And so right here, what that says is, I'm going to make $10 million this year. And she signed it um, mm-hmm. because she said that I'm believing with you because if it doesn't happen, then I have to help you. I have to do something to make sure that this thing happens. And so right. this year we we've named it the $10 million year, you know? And so I said on every interview and everywhere that I get to talk, I'm going to say that so that I can hold myself accountable, but that when it happens, people will know that this can happen for them too. Yes, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And it can happen. All you have to do is claim it and it's already yours. Already yours. You know, I think I think the thing that people don't do enough is prepare. Um um, I just got a call to do um, the All-Star. Oh, that's one thing I'm about to do. I'm about to do the All-Star game, the NBA okay. All-Star gospel um, celebration. I'm going to be there as a new artist, which is mind-blowing. But it reminded me of something um, that God had told me. I used to pray for opportunities when I was you know, trying to come up and be an artist. I used to always pray like, God, just give me, just let me do what, just give me the chance. I'll make it happen. Like, just let me, give me the platform. Give me the this, give me the that. And God said, I heard you when you prayed the first time. You should prepare because I can't bless you with what you pray for if you're not prepared for it. And so I think oftentimes, and this is why I sound a little crazy, we pray too much and we don't prepare enough. And Mm -hmm. God is saying like, once you pray for it, I've heard you. Now you should take the rest of that time and prepare because when you're ready for it, I'll give it to you, you know? And okay. so, you know, we, we've we been preparing and, 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 and getting ready for, to make $10 million, getting ready for the album to do well. And God has just basically given us what we've worked and in, in, in prepared for. Mm, I love it. You're right. Faith without works is dead. You're right. right. Sometimes yeah. we, we dream, you know, we have these big wishes, but yeah. we don't think about the next days, like once we get it. And yeah. I always say, I walk in a position like I'm already there. Yeah, you know, sure. that's another part of preparation. That's one, a lot of times we talk a good game, but we don't walk it. You know, we, we talk, talk, but we don't walk the walk. Like, are you really ready to be that millionaire or to be that prime artist? You know, walk in it, you know, claim it and walk in it. So I think that's extremely important what you just said. So go ahead and tell everybody how they can find you, you know, how they can get to your website, find your music and how they can, is the album available for pre-purchase? Not yet. It won't be available until May for pre-order. Okay. I do have a few singles out though. So you can go okay. to iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your music, anywhere, Amazon, anywhere. Um, you can look up Anthony Hall. I have a single out called Miracle and I have a single out called Loving Me. Um, both of these songs are from um, my forthcoming album, Roosevelt. Um, you can follow me on all social media. I am Anthony Hall um, on Instagram and on Twitter. And then um, Anthony Hall, of course, on uh, on Facebook. Send me a message, reach out to me. I would love to hear from you. I do respond. I do interact with my, with my people, you know? Um, and also you can follow my studio. We have a 17,000 square foot a media facility here in Houston called Vegan Bay Studios, and it's VGNBAE Studios. Um, and so look us up uh, on that way, um, that way too. And you can follow us there at Vegan Bay Studios um, on Insta. Again, that's VGNBAE, not like the whole word vegan, you know. So, so yeah, um, 
that's all the ways you can get in contact with me, get in touch with me if you need me to do anything, you want to, you know, know what's happening, you know, or see what we're doing. And also you can look me up on YouTube. I have a few performances and some great things happening there too, um, from all things that I've been a part of. Awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this conversation. And not only did you know you also you also told us about your musical background, but I just love the inspiration that you threw in because it's just really important. People are really suffering right now, but it's just really important for people to just get something to pour into them and let them know that they really can achieve their dreams. I really appreciate you. For sure. No problem. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. Let me know whenever you want me to come back. I got you. Thank you. I would love to talk with you again. Thank you so much. I want to thank Mr. Anthony Hall for such a great conversation. He has a wonderful musical style. And I just really appreciate, as I mentioned, just the inspiration that he dropped. It's okay to be different. And this is okay to just use being different to catapult yourself. Sometimes a lot of people have dealt with bullying in the past. I know I have. And he had a point. Sometimes people see something in you before you even see it. So sometimes people, they see that you're different, but they see that you're different and that you're something, somebody that is standing out that really can go somewhere. And because you have that insecurity, you may not notice it. But sometimes those people, they see it first. And there's unfortunately some people in that world that they want to take something from you or they know that you really can rise above the circumstance that they'll never get out of. They want to stop it. But it takes some strong people to really internalize that and to really rise above it. So my hope and prayer from this episode is that people can really just pick up on what he said. Just look at him now. He's following his dreams. He is going to get that $10 million. We all can get whatever it is that we set our minds to. So just go ahead. Make sure you get that self-love. Realize that you're worth it. You're valuable. And whatever you put your mind to, you really can achieve it. So thank you for tuning into the key chat. Make sure you exercise that self-love and go love yourself. You can catch this episode, of course, with many others. If you just go to www.thekeychat.com, you can access the audio and video links on YouTube to many great episodes of people just like Anthony that have a dream and a purpose and they went after it. So go ahead, make sure you go love yourself and stay safe. Go queen, go queen, go queen, go represent.